Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Welcome to the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. Thank you as always for everyone out there on all platforms who listen. YouTube, SoundCloud. Apple, Spotify, however you listen, we are very appreciative. This is the Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. My name is Matt McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone. Ty, how are you feeling? I'm good. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to say on this on this beautiful Tuesday. Oh, well, no. It is a beautiful Tuesday, and I'm sure it is beautiful down there in St. Pete's. But, uh, it is. We're getting uh, – it looks like hurricane season is about to approach, which uh, I'm not used to still, so that should be fun. We'll yeah, see what, uh, I never what get used to in. that if I was down there. I would not like that whatsoever. I am not a fan of Mother Nature. <laughs> She's a very scary uh, individual. Yeah, but, I'm not a fan either. So, But pretty good. Feeling pretty good. Uh have a decent card this weekend, a pretty good card. It ended up being last weekend. And uh, we're getting close to 290, which I'm going to miss. I, I'm not going to miss, but I, uh, I might be a little late on. But I can't wait for 290, 291. I know you're excited for the Holly Home card. That looks really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, end of July is gonna be uh, really good with boxing. Uh, Jake Paul and uh, wait, Jake Paul and Nate Diaz will be here before we know it. There's gonna be a lot of uh, oh, filth. There's a lot going on for sure. Yeah, a lot of filth. A lot of filth. Uh, maybe uh, maybe Mayweather Gotti get it back in blood. We'll see what happens with that rivalry. I hope um, they run that back. <laughs> no, I, and I won't watch it, but I'll 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 look into it a little bit. But uh, as as yeah. always, people out there, we hope you uh, you know you can, as always reach out Twitter. Uh, comment on the YouTube. Uh, we can, I'd like to see some comments on the YouTube so I can go to war if you think we're morons or throw your picks in there. If you think that you don't yeah. like our picks or tell us, give us anything, man. We want to get help the uh, community stirred up a little bit and, and let's help each other make some money because honestly, last week, Ty, we made some money. All right, We, we went up a couple units, each of us, try to chip away at that hole we kind of build ourselves into early on in here in 2023. I went 5-1-1. You went 4-2. and two. Uh, Cannoneer with a big night. We're going to go through the whole car. We'll talk about all of our picks, but I think we did pretty well uh, compared to what we've done in the past. So we might as well just get right into it while we're here. Jared Cannoneer, Marvin Vittori, the 185 main event, three versus four. And Jared Cannoneer uh, pretty much handled uh, Marvin Vittori. Uh, Marvin Vittori had his moments, but uh, I mean, talk about durable cement granite chin that Marvin Vittori has. He took a beating at portions of this fight. And was really barely wobbled. It was it was uh, really hard to put into words unless you saw it. Because I was just watching it, and I, you know, I had money line, but I dabbled a little bit inside the distance, just because you know I, I'm getting into that uh, spirit of betting stuff that you don't think is going to happen, and hoping that it does. Because it seems like every time I bet stuff, it's like, oh yeah, there's no way that could happen. And then some guy, the the BJJ black belt, gets subbed in in the first round. You're like. What? And the guy, you're the other guy just learned jujitsu the other day. You're like, okay, th- that makes sense. But uh, no, I mean, listen, he was right on the on the brink of uh, defeat or death, honestly, uh, at some point Oof. in this fight. And he just survived. Jared Cannonier gets a big win for him. I mean, I didn't realize how old Jared Cannonier is. Yeah, 10 years older, right? He's 39. Uh, but, you know, he just fought Strickland a couple months ago, looked pretty good. So I feel like. Uh, I don't know. I guess there's a three-letter uh, abbreviation that a lot of people like to uh, throw out there to uh, insinuate that's what Jared Cannonier and how he looks so good. I mean, he looked quick 
in the fifth round, as quick as he did in the first round. Um, the only problem he ever had in this fight was when he switched to southpaw. He was getting chewed up, honestly, yeah. every time. And Dominic Cruz said it, it was saying it was on it as soon as it happened. And uh, Dominic Cruz, I thought he did good. I thought he, I think he's getting better as a commentator. I got to give him credit. Um, he didn't go in on Keith Peterson as much as I was kind of hoping for, honestly, because he de- definitely did deserve it. Uh, but I like that crew that they have: Felder, uh, Fitzgerald, and Dominic Cruz. Was that was it Anik or was it Fitzgerald? Uh, I think it was Brian Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald right? You're right. Yeah, it was Fitzgerald. I love those three. And uh, when when Laura Sanko is on there, her and Paul Felder, they work really good together too. So I kind of like this as a, like a little B squad. Uh, Cruz and Felder are really are really good. There's honestly a lot of times where they're just quiet, which is not what you get with DC and Rogan and uh, especially fucking Michael Bisping. But um, yeah, the only time McKenna really struggled was when he switched to Southpaw. He was getting he was getting hit a little bit by Vittori, but Vittori just I, I really think he needs to reinvent himself. I think he needs to find something to be really good at because he's he's pretty solid at everything, but he's not really good at everything. Yeah, or, or at anything. Um, he's good at taking a punch, but you know, like we've seen with a lot of guys, you do not want that to be your best skill. Um, I mean, he's only twenty nine, and he, he trains with a good group of guys, so it's like I think he's just stalled out. You know, I think he's really just hit a wall, and now you're gonna have to. I, I think he definitely has to take some time off, like a year. Maybe, maybe, maybe more. Like that, that, that was one of the worst ass beatings in UFC history. Jared Cannonier set a, set a middleweight record by the fourth round. Like with six minutes left to go in the fight, he, he set a record and yeah. he just kept running the numbers up 241. I think that was third most behind Max and Max, right? Was it Max Holloway twice? There's a couple names up Sean there. O'Malley. They were all smaller guys. I was like, Sean wow. O'Malley when he fought Chris Moutinho. Remember that dude took a, a biblical beating. Um, as did Calvin Cater. I mean, I, I don't know if Cater got dropped in that fight. I think he might have, but the fact that Marvin Vittori has never been dropped in the UFC is, is, is nuts. Um, I know a lot of people are giving him credit and whatnot, but I kind of, you know, it's, it's just really scary because he's, uh, by the time he comes back, you got to figure he's going to be in his 30s. Um, and you just, I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, he only got one takedown. That's why he got taken down many times, four times. I just don't know. Um, I don't know what's next for him. I don't, I don't really know what's next for either guy. Like, I, you know, I don't really think Cannoneer's uh, going to contend for a belt or anything. I guess maybe uh, he's next after Whitaker, the winner of Whitaker and, and Drickus. But, well, I mean. Jared Cannoneer was talking about Hamzad after the fight, saying if that's what's going to yeah. get it done, then that's the kind of that's the kind of mentality I like. Might as well, right? Like, yeah, like, listen, I know I'm not really, like, I'm kind of in a tough spot because I already lost this guy and – you know, the, the Whitaker fight, I lost to him. So it's like, what do I do to get myself a title shot? Yeah, I'll fight the guy that everyone really doesn't want to, who's kind of just hanging out in that peripheral middleweight talk and discussion that maybe he'll go up, maybe he won't. But like, what is next for Hamzat? Yeah, I'll fight Hamzat. I'm sure Hamzat would be like, yeah, I'll fight Cannoneer because he wins that Cannoneer fight, yeah. and he's getting a title shot right after that. So, yeah, that's logical for both of them. Like you said with Vittori, you really, you, you got to take some time off, man. And I don't know bad, what the man. next move is. Like, I don't know if 205 is in the future at some point. It, it seems like that would be the next move. I don't know if he cuts a ton of weight or whatnot, but I feel like he just needs, like, a change of scenery and change of some of these opponents. I think he'd be able to hang around with some of these guys, but I don't know. I think Marvin Vittori's in a really, really tough spot. Uh, and like you said, his base, some of his highest qualities or attributes are his like durability and his ability to kind of just take shots and keep fighting forward. He doesn't really get tired, but he doesn't really knock people out. He doesn't 
really dominate them on the grappling or taking them down. He's not that fast. So it's it's he's in a tough spot when he gets to this upper the the top five of the division. He kind of hits a little bit of a roadblock. So I don't know what's next for him. I would like to see Cannoneer and Chemaev. That just that would that would be a nice fight for him if I'm thinking Cannoneer. And even if for Chemaev, it's one of those fights where you're like, yeah, that, if that's what you want, if that's what Hamzat wants, the 85 belt. And he, they're not going to give him a straightaway shot because I don't really think they should, to be honest. Then that would be that would be the most logical step. So I'm all for it. Yeah, and I cannot believe he lasted through this fight. I thought Vittori was cooked at, at multiple points, and I think a second and third round. Yeah, he was kind of just fighting, fighting to stay up. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who had bets on the fight to go over or to go the distance or Cannoneer by decision. And I know I did, and everybody else who was out there with uh, with one of those tickets was probably just absolutely shit bricks. Yeah, you're like you can't. Um, I, mean, I didn't watch. I didn't watch it live. Thank God, I would have had a goddamn seizure. But um, even when I went back and rewatched it, I was like, what, what, what is going on, yeah, like, man? Like eighty two like, to twenty four in round two, um, and then forty nine to twenty three in round five, uh, forty nine thirty one in round three. Like Marvin would, would throw it back, but just not with nearly. As much steam, he wasn't going to the Jack Cannonier. Jared Cannonier was going to the body a lot. Was going to the leg. Twenty nine of twenty nine to the legs. Yeah, that's that's insane. Twenty six of thirty one in the clinch. Like the efficiency. Marvin Vittori just doesn't move his head off the center line. No, zero movement at all. He's just a big, you know, he plods he, forward. He should have a pretty good like. Uh, style for this weight class, and I think he did for a couple years. Like you know, he was kind of underrated. And now it's just like, I don't know where he goes from here. Like, does he need to switch camps to go with somebody who can maybe uh, help him out at distance and help him be a better kickboxer like a Henry Hooft? I mean, he, he trains with good guys, right? He's with, um, is it um, Extreme Couture or is it? No, he's, he had Dewey Cooper in his corner. He still has um, uh, one of his Italian fellas in his corner. Like, he has a good, good camp. He trains with all these other people. So I don't know, you know, it's 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 not that. It's really just him. It's his it's his fighting style has just caught up to him and now really has to change. And I don't I, I don't know I don't know how much success he's gonna have doing that because you know, right in the middle of your career, maybe even on the on the downward, um, that just doesn't seem to work out most times. Especially when it seems like he keeps running into a sort of you know, like kind of just a dead end. At the end of this division with, like, when you lose the guy... I mean, obviously, he got the Adesanya title shot, but, you know, he's... It, all, all of his losses are to some of the... I mean, for, for the last couple of years, I mean, uh, a loss to Shoeface back in the day is not a, exactly <laughs> a great look. Yeah. But, I, I you know, when you when you get a couple wins or you beat Acosta, you know, with that, that circus that was going on around that fight, he absolutely dominates Kevin Holland when Kevin Holland was mm-hmm. on the upward trajectory... It just seems like every time he gets that cannoneer, or like I said, those top three, top five guys, he kind of stalls. But even, and he uh, didn't even, even really win that Dolidze fight. Like, yeah, which, I was just going to yeah. say, even in that Dolidze fight, man, it goes down as a unanimous decision for him. But he got rocked. That's he got rocked a couple times, and I think, I think that's what made me so confident in Jared Cannoneer, man. Seeing him get rocked by Dolidze, who's not, um, you know, he's not a top three, top five middleweight. He could be a top, you know, he's definitely a ranked opponent. He's solid, but. He's not Jared. He's not on Jared Kennanier's level for sure. Um, the only thing Jared Kennanier was lacking was age, but he, you know he doesn't show his age ever. No. Honestly, he's gotten better with age. 
he was a bigger guy in his, in his younger days, moving through three different divisions, and now he's just a solid brick shit house. Might have some EPO on his side. I don't know. That's just what people are saying. Shout out to EPO. Uh, that would be a great investment if you're able to the get away The PFL's biggest enemy right now. Yeah, and, and uh, Cody Garbrandt's biggest enemy because he also fought an EPO'd legend in uh, TJ Dillashaw. So, <laughs> allegedly. He, was not, he didn't test positive that, that fight, but, you know, come on. Let's be real. Yeah. But uh, Armin Sarukian got in there against Joaquin Silva. He was a big-time favorite. And this fight was uh, competitive for the beginning of the fight. It just seemed like Silva, I mean... Saruki just put an absolute pace on him and just kept grinding on him and taking him down. Like, shout out to grinding on him. And, uh, I mean, they were like, Silva, I didn't think Silva looked horrible in this fight. I think he was overmatched, but I think he comported himself well. And Saruki gets the finish with about, what, minute 30 left in that, in that last round. He kind of just wore him down and eventually took him out. Yeah. And, uh, good, I mean, good win for Saruki. And I know now, uh, like, that's the, the hype's going to be back behind him. He's got two in a row after that. Kind of questionable loss to Gamrot, which a lot of people have uh, argued back and forth. But I think that was 100% a close <laughs> fight. It could have gone either way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, good win for Saruki. That's really my, all, all, I could, all I could say. Yeah. I mean, you know, calling out Michael Chandler and uh, Islam Makachev, that's just uh, – he would get absolutely decimated. I mean, Joaquin Silva was catching him in that second round. He called him with a couple of huge – one big, big left that really rocked him and, and had him wobbling, man. Yeah. And, no, thank God he has that. He, he does have that wrestling. He, he's honestly a really smart fighter, uh, Armin Sarukian is. But his entries are really, really bad, man. Like when he, like when he, right before he blitzes, when he's about to blitz into the uh, into the pocket, he just drops his hands and kind of freezes for a split second. Has his head just right there, and he is there to be countered. Heavy, heavy, man. Um, it's 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 definitely. Definitely something to notice. If if Joaquin Silva could could do it, you know, a lot of guys at 155, Rafael Fazeev, or even a Chandler, uh, or a Gaethje, or a Poirier, guys that are you know older. But uh, if he were to fight them in a couple years, when he's uh, you know in his prime per se, still it's going to be an issue. Hopefully he can um, fix that. But his wrestling and overall game is definitely something to watch. He's a great athlete. Might be Armenia's best best MMA fighter. I know he's got a uh, got to catch Carl Parisian, but. He looks like he has the goods, man. I'm a big fan for sure. I, I just just need to see a little bit. I, I really don't want them to just give him a top five guy right away or, or rush him and try to rush that Islam Makachev rematch. No. I think they should t- take it a little slow, you know? I know nobody wants to fight him, but still. No, like even – what if like he fought Daryush? Like off of uh, him, yeah, him I mean, why, coming yeah, back, I'd right? I'd be fine with that. It's a huge – I mean, dude, Joaquin Silva to Benil Daryush. I mean, Benil Daryush is just a much better version of oh, him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that would be – that would be big. That's that would be something I would be all in for. But um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Sarukian is a little small. Um, he was he supposed to fight Moicano, and that got canceled. Yeah, like I, I would like to see that. You Maybe know, just just, just, take, just give him other guys. Just you don't have to absolutely jump seven spots and give him Michael Chandler. You know, he t- he takes a left hook from Michael Chandler. I don't, he might go to sleep. So I can't believe uh, Matt from still a good win. That's that's just steamroller, baby. I have uh, yeah, he's continually lost me money, but. How about Armin Petrosian, Christian Leroy Duncan? Uh, this was a real. I, if I'm being honest, a really boring sort of fight. It was just not enough out of uh, Duncan. He just kind awesome. of he styles a little bit. And he throws shots that miss, and it looks cool. But it's just, I mean, Petrosian's just the more kind of complete striker and fighter. It felt like in this fight, I was just like. Wow, I really games. that was just, this was the only car, uh, bet I lost, and I had inside the distance on either one of these guys. 
and they just no, no one really. It really didn't even come that close. The the reason I was kind of on uh, Petrosian is because of Duncan's debut. It, it just it lasted so you know a minute. Yeah, and it, it ended by injury with Dusko, and you know how we both feel about Dusko, and uh, I don't know. I, I just think Christian Leroy Duncan um, didn't have his feet wet yet. I think this was a good a good learning experience, a good L to take. Yeah, right. He didn't get knocked the fuck out. He didn't get beat the fuck up, but he got out outclassed. Outmatched, and you know this is a guy. He had what nine, in- eight inches of reach, of reach on, and he was getting outstruck at distance easily. All he was really throwing were leg kicks. Uh, most of Christian Leroy Duncan's attacks were to the leg. Uh, a-, a lot were to the leg by uh, Petrosian as well. But that's kind of again, he just lured him into the fight he wanted. Petrosian landed a much higher clip, went to the head more, went to the body, just just all around beat him. Beat him. I-, I thought I thought he won all three rounds. I know uh, two judges gave him two rounds, so. Either way, um, everybody's got to take that first L. So uh, I would look to, to honestly take Christian Leroy Duncan in a in a rematch or a rebound uh, fight against you know whatever uh, one eighty five or with no chin they give him. Yeah, I, it, this didn't really. I necessarily like you said. I kind of agree with a lot. Uh, didn't really lower stock too much, but it was just kind of he just didn't throw. It was not something he couldn't change. It was just concerning. He just didn't really ha- like what it just. Something was missing. He didn't throw enough. Yeah. He was there was a lot of just moving forward with no action, and it just it didn't lend itself to a victory, man. Because like when you fight a guy like Petrosian, although he's on this somewhat same level, but he knows how to you know I, I don't know like he's he was Good in a boxer, war with yeah. Gregory Rodriguez. Like he he's been in the UFC and has had what now three three fights before Christian Leroy Duncan, like you said, had one minute of a round at, at, like he was in there. So he had a lot more experience. Uh, it's you know. I feel like we're seeing the trend of I don't know if you notice this, but anytime there's like a 185 fight, there's so many times where you're like just bored, man. It's like 185 division is just you know there's 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 a lot of awesome athletes and a lot of like decent guys that are like really good at one thing, but there's a lot of just dull activity in middleweight in general. Like you know the the Gerald Mearshart, Fluffy, Shabazian, Tavares, that kind of mold of fighters, and and even below them like. All the big time prospects. Like, there's just a lot of guys two and two, three and two, three and four, two and four, two and oh, two and two. You know, like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times when I watch these middleweight fights, there's just a lot more inactivity or a lot more boringness, if yeah. you will. I, I I, know, anytime like, you get them in those upper weight classes, man, they just, yeah. they, they just plod forward. One guy's better than the other, and it's just the other guy's just fighting to stay. Afloat. I don't listen. Whenever I say that stuff, guys, don't blame the, these guys. There's dire consequences if you step within a certain range and you get put. Yeah, to these sleep. are all big dudes, so, so I don't. You know, but if you want to win, that ain't it. So that's that's basically what I what I say here uh, when I say that. So listen, the next thing. We're, well, actually, I'm already jumping forward because I can't wait to talk about the Manuel Torres knockout. But Pat Sabatini, big win against Lucas Almeida, kind of just. Smothered him, and shout out to Pat Sabatini, Philadelphia. You know the Philadelphia area's finest. Uh, he big bounce back from that Damon Jackson loss, man, because that that was a rough. You know Damon Jackson, that was just kind of the the stars aligned for him that day uh, in a bad way and in you know in a good professional way though. I mean that was yeah. what the week that his brother died, and he was just yeah he was just so locked in, and it was just you know he fought like there was with a the most purpose he's ever fought in his life. And but it's a big uh, bounce back win for Pat Sabatini, man. He looked really good in this. 
His grappling was just way, way better than Lucas Almeida's, and he just kind of smothered him until he got the ground and pound, and then he gave up the arm triangle. He was going for the subs the whole time, but some of these grapplers, they don't use the strikes to open that up. He did in this one, and it's just, uh, I, it looked, he looked dangerous, man. Yeah, I thought people were kind of underrating Sabatini in this fight. I know that he was like a minus 200-ish favorite, but I saw a lot of people saying Almeida was definitely going to knock him out. I was like, yeah, you know, I could see why you would kind of not trust Sabatini. Sabatini is like 32, um, and he's I don't think he'll ever be a good striker, right? That's no. kind of like how, he, how he lost that fight to uh, Chepe Mariscal, who was going to be on this car, on the next this weekend's card um, way back in the day. But just look at what he's done in the in his in his career. I mean, Demond Blackshear. He uh, outgrappled him easily. Uh, outgrappled Jamal Emmers. I mean, he had took his heel off him, and uh, Jamal Emmers is a pretty good grappler too. And he was got he got hurt in that fight. Uh, finished Tony Gravely way back in the day. Like Pat Sabatini was just on a different level, uh, wrestling wise, grappling wise, and um, yeah, just just big boyed him. Yeah, big brothered him, I should say. Huge win for Sabatini. Look yeah. at. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess Almeida has a black belt. But yeah. I'm not sure. He had like three black, black belts, like one in kickboxing, <laughs> one in like Moy or it was some crazy. It was like Muay Thai kickboxing and BJJ or something. I'm like, I didn't. I would even like to see those black belts. Yeah, like, but uh, listen, there's all not all black belts are created equal, and it's it true. was you saw that on Saturday night. That that, that Pat Sabatini though has like a combat sambo background and stuff. Like he learned like all sorts of like weird shit just because yeah, he it wasn't right. Russia or something, right? Yeah, was he training man. in Russia or he something, like, I think he I heard? was, like, in competitions in Russia or something That's like right, that. like, yeah. That's just, I mean, doing something like that is takes a lot of balls, one. Um, a lot of skill, too, and just, it just helps so much. I can only imagine. I mean, Nate Landwehr was in Russia, yeah. you know, doing a bunch of di- random shit, and that took his career Won the far, title, so. yeah, like, won a title over in the, some fight promotion over there. Like, that, it's just willing to put yourself in uncomfortable spots and just going out there and... Testing it against crate like and that's what kind of then the UFC you're not you're not surprised when you see a Lucas Almeida or something like that yep. who has all these black Easy belts and all these credentials you just buzz through him because you've seen guys like this before so good win for Sabatini though how about uh, now we're here baby Nicholas Mata man he yeah. got sent to the shadow realm by a, a, a I was a right elbow in the nice clinch left elbow. It was a left elbow in the like, not in the clinch but in in tight and he yeah. fucking. Just flatlined them, man. Good night. Manuel Torres with the uh, W. This is one of your only losses, but uh, it, that could have happened to anybody, man. That was just a yeah. sweet, sweet knockout. I had a, I had a nice little par. I had like an over-under parlay. I've never really done, but I was like, you know what? The Bukowskis fight has to go to the decision. Uh, this Manuel Torres-Nicholas Moda fight, definitely going under, and it did. I mean, two minutes, right? Yep. If you had under a, under a half a round, I wonder that was. Probably like plus two, three hundred. Manuel Torres is pretty good, man. He he's definitely kill or be killed. I think he's like a first round or bust guy, but he's pretty big for um not pretty big, but he's got good size, I should say, for lightweight. He's still only twenty eight. Um, when he, we do when we do see him lose or whenever he's had issues, it was late uh, against you know Grappler. He has a couple late sub losses, um, so that's definitely something to keep an eye on because Nicolo Nicholas Mato is a pretty good matchup for him. Just a good matchup in general if you wanted some violence. Um, but I'd be I'd be um. I'd be interested to see who Manuel Torres gets matched up with next at 155. I mean, there's killers everywhere in that division. Um, so if he, yeah. you know, if he gets if it gets past the first or second round, man, just just be careful because I, I think there could be a good good spot to fade him. I do like him. I know he's going to get a lot of hype for being a you know Mexican warrior, but I think there's definitely um, 
I mean, when he fought Camacho in the first round, he looked tired. So I, I think uh, I think I could be looking to, to fade fade this guy coming off of a big win. But yeah, the right matchup presents itself. Believe me, he's not exactly unfadeable. That's there's a lot of guys like that on this list that, or even who fought tonight, who they won, and you're like, wow, I, I can't wait to get the right matchup on this guy so we can win some money. But Carlos Hernandez, baby. How about Nicholas Dalby with a uh, tough, gritty victory against Muslim Salikov. Salikov, just not that good, if I'm being honest. He has about five minutes in him before he's done, so. And he just, he looked good in the first round. I think he may have even hurt Dalby, or at least was landing on Dalby. But then he, like, kept going to the grappling and kept trying to just clinch with him and just was allowing grappling to happen. You could just tell he was tired after he had kind of shot his load in that first round, and he just kind of plodded through the rest of the uh, 10 minutes and took the last two rounds for sure, L. He may have even lost all three rounds, but yeah. it just it really wasn't a close fight. Yeah, he's just too old. He's like, I know he's listed at 39, but uh, I'd be a little older than that. Definitely in uh, like fight years, it seems like. he just I don't know what <laughs> kind of... I know he's only had, what, 21, 22 you know, professional fights, 23 maybe I don't even know but uh, uh yeah listen I'm not I'm not gonna get too worked up this is why I didn't bet this fight I kind of had a bad feeling good, that, good bet good stay away yeah spot. this uh may have in my private life but not in the on the on the card the card <laughs> would have very uh upset me but I, I don't know it, it just uh, Dalby is 100% on the fade list I mean he's got a great record and he's beaten you know I mean he's how many wins is that in a row what's that three against you know not it, horrific competition but not great by any means yeah i mean he's he's always been a it's just a, really a tough fighter honestly to get a gauge on but he's always been i guess solid right the warley yeah. Alves fight was very close uh the tim means fight was pretty good um i don't really know what happened in the jack he's not a young man though. he has a couple he has a couple no contests so you know those are those are a bit uh worrisome but yeah like you said he's, he's old you know he, he's very he moves well um he, he bounces around a lot and he's just tough. He's he's really just always going to be there and kind of outcard you. But you got to figure all those things are going to slow down as he keeps getting older, right? So um, it seems like there's a lot of guys like him at 170, maybe 185 too. So yeah, like you said, on the fade list for sure. Runs into somebody younger, uh, bigger, stronger, powerful. He's probably cooked. Never yeah. been KO'd though. Yeah, he did. I mean, listen, like like you said. He's going to run into someone at some point, but it definitely wasn't this weekend. He looked good this weekend, so you can't take that away from him. How about Alessandro Costa doing exactly what we thought he was going to do? If we would have talked on this podcast, we would have told you Jimmy Flick is completely cooked, and uh, he might get lucky and, and jujitsu somebody, but it, it's anybody who really has any solid uh, grappling, it seems like he has gotten dominated by and yeah. uh, pounded out uh, <laughs> vigorously and unrelentingly. <laughs> So it's it has not been a good run here uh, after coming out of retirement since his flying triangle quick. to Cody Durden, and is he he retired again? Correct. <laughs> I, I don't know. Did he? I, who I would knows? Not be I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised either. But uh, it's... Um, but yeah, like you said, Costa has black belt under Diego Lopez, uh, the guy who fought Evloev pretty well. He's also, uh, I think, Alexa Grosso's BJJ coach. So you know, just kind of having that in your back pocket. Uh, when you fight Jimmy Flick, you're good. That, I mean, that's all you need, right? Yeah. If you have a little bit of, maybe not a little bit, of, but if you have, you know, if you're a trained black belt under a very good 
guy like Diego Lopez, what's Jimmy Flick going to throw at you that you haven't seen before, you know? Um, so, yeah, easy, easy one. I know it took him – I know it was the second round, but, what, like a minute into the second round? So if you had that under one and a half, cash that. Um, yeah, easy work from, from Costa. I kind of like him. I know he's a little small, but uh, 125 – should be a good spot for him. I liked him in his uh, his you know he he debuted against fucking Amir Albazi. Like he didn't exactly come in here with a uh, layup like some of these other guys have gotten yeah. coming off of. A, he didn't get on off in the contender series, right? Like he won his fight, but then he had to go and fight in, in uh, Lux Fight League, and then he came back and he got his fight against Amir Albazi, which he got finished. But then you know. I like, like you said, I like Alessandro Costa. I think, you know, given the right matchup, you know, he's he's got all the skills. So, uh, how about your boy, Kung Hyo Kung? Is that how you say that? Am I close Mr. enough? Mr. Immortal, right? Is that his nickname? I think so. Mr. Perfect. Mr. Oh, that's such a sick name. But he yeah. gets a rear naked choke victory over, over Christian Quinones. Uh, you had this one, Ty. How did you, uh, what made you, what made you pick this since we didn't have a pod last week? Give a little bit of a breakdown of that. Uh, Quinones, he's the brother of, uh, Lil Teco or something Teco, right? The one that fought of Sean O'Malley. Um, yeah, he, uh, not, just not very good. I think Kong has all subs. Um, I think the only issue what, with him was he just hadn't been grappling lately. He's also been very inactive. I don't really remember the last time we saw, uh, when he fought a year ago against Donna Bakari. Like, he fights, like, every year. So I think that's kind of uh, – that might have been the reason he was the underdog, but I just thought the, the grappling and wrestling game was all him and Christian Quinones has been tapped out before, right? Yeah, two sub-losses now. So, um, yeah, I just I just figured that was something that – you know, I kind of got lucky because I think he, he dropped them and then subbed them right after he got hurt. Something along um, those lines. Yeah, I think Kung Ho Kong was, uh, was getting pieced up a little bit on the feet, and then he ended up he, – he hit Quinones coming in, dropped him, and then got his back. Easy work. Um, he's another guy who looks like he's getting better with age, honestly. Um, so we shall see what Mr. Hopefully we see him more often. That'd be kind of cool. But, um, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's good to see you cash out there, no matter how it happens, even if it doesn't exactly go the way you thought it was going to go. But then when, when plus you, 500 when, sub, love it. Yeah, man. Moneyline plus 120 on the card. That was uh, just a nice, always nice to hit a money line, like a nice plus money line bet. That's the nice, comfortable, yeah. safe bet to have when I'm like sitting there. That's why I thought Argetta, I was like, damn, we're in here. And then we'll get to that. We'll go, we, we will have a whole discussion on that. But how about Carlos Hernandez and Dennis Bondar? Uh, a, a technical decision, which I don't know how that was decided, but. Uh, he had. <laughs> Are we going to talk about what was going on <laughs> in the middle of that octagon? I mean, Jaron Valal. They brought him back this week after he was he was around somewhere, some uh, one of these weeks. I believe he was judging before this fight, where he was refing. So that was good. Yeah. Then he throws his shirt on, and he watches this man get pounded into the into the canvas, and he's into just dust. standing there. He's just standing there, man. Like I get you're trying to let the fight go on to the end, but it's over, dude. And then he, and then he didn't. So it's funny because <laughs> you, you figured he was just trying to let it go till the end, but then he didn't let it go. He stopped it with one second left. So he fucked up in every conceivable way. Uh, he didn't see the headbutt. Yeah, like and then he he saw seven straight elbows to an unconscious body, and he was like, "Oh, okay. I think now it's enough. I think now I have to stop it." And they ended up taking taking the finish away from Carlos Hernandez, which probably would have gotten fifty k. Um, 
But I guess it kind of was the right call. It just sucks that we have more incompetency. That's what um, it seems. Like, that's the, my with the third problem. man in, in the octagon. We saw it in not back-to-back fights. I guess there was the Teresa Blada fight, but in the Ronnie Lawrence fight also. Yeah, uh, Jaron Vallel, Keith Peterson, just marred with controversy as always. That was the only fight Jaron Vallel did, funny enough. Good. Um, and then yet <laughs> Chris Tanyoni was also in there. So, you know, him and Mark's. Herb Dean, Keith Peterson, Mark Smith, Chris Tanyoni, Jaron Vallel. That's a death squad right there yeah. of referees. But I guess Herb Dean, you know, pretty much saved himself with uh, just showing up and not doing anything. That was crazy, though. I can't believe he let that happen. Seriously. Uh, he really was <laughs> just getting dribbled off the canvas. And I'm just, uh, I'm at the, I'm, I think I'm at the bar at this point. And I'm like, stop, stop it. Like, I'm ye- <laughs> yelling, like, what? <laughs> What is going on? But it, it, I kind of do feel bad for Carlos Hernandez because he got a, got that taken away from him. But also, yeah. it's the right call though because he did headbutt. Yeah. Like I, I, also, I guess it's a hard adjustment with now these these like reviews that are going back and being like, oh wait, that wasn't like used to be like you bet it, and even if you got screwed or you you were on the right side of the screw job, then you're like, all right, let's go, let's get out of here. Yeah. But now it's like you have to wait, and you're like, oh my god, they're gonna take this from me. Like it's happened to me in the like, last couple weeks. What happened a couple yeah. weeks ago? I, I don't even remember what card it was, but there was some sort of review when they came back and said, uh, no, it might have even been uh, Jared Gordon. That might have been a couple months ago. The Jared the Gordon. Imovov Chris Curtis fight? That definitely fucked that me. That happened too. And uh, and then, yeah, the, no, like, the, remember that Jared Gordon and uh, Bobby Green? had uh, we? I think yes. we had Bobby Green inside the distance, and it was just, you know, yep. it's the right call, yep. but it's like, you think you want it. You want to cash that bet out immediately. And it's like, nope, sorry. These guys are having – six dudes are having a conversation in a quiet uh, arena somewhere <laughs> on the other side of the octagon. We can't get to hear what they're saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So just you get screwed. Absolute insanity. But, um, yeah, I, mean, I think I, I think I was on Bondar here. And, um, yeah, not did, didn't love what I saw the whole time. I think he should have pushed his wrestling uh, quicker. Uh, Carlos Hernandez, though, he definitely won't go away. That's that's one thing for sure about him. He is a little undersized and and whatnot. I think that might hurt him eventually at at one twenty five. But um, he's a tough out for sure. Good boxing. Bondar had like five cuts on his head, like two on his yeah, on his hairline, man. one under his eye, one above the other eye. I was like, oh my god, man, he looks disfigured. Shout out to Dennis Bondar. Hope he is doing well after that. Uh, Teresa Blada. With a good decision for me, but uh, this was a boring, boring fight. Gabriel Fernandez is just not. Uh, I I didn't leave this thinking. Wow, Blade is a uh, world beater. I, I think uh, no. To, Gabriel no, Fernandez is just really not that good, and Blade is one of those uh, people that we talked about. She's on the fade list in the future. I don't know who. Yeah, man. I don't know when. I don't know where she is gonna. <laughs> it's happening. I thought she was gonna like just fall and get knocked out by exhaustion in the third round. I was like, "Yo, what is going on with this yeah. shit? Like, is she okay? Like, all Fernandez need to le- do is land a couple big shots." Blade is big, man. She's like 71 inch reach, but her striking is a mess. Like, just an absolute mess. Um, just get eight you know, shots. Just get it's it's pretty terrifying. Um, her takedown accuracy is not great, but when she does get you there, I mean, she, she has some good ground pound, and, uh, you know, I think with age, she's, what, 21? She's, like, the third youngest fighter on the on the roster. I, I, who's, who's ahead of her? I think Yasmin Lucindo and the seven, Raul Rosas. Other than that, nobody's younger than her. So, like, you know, maybe you give her some more Gabby Fernandez's, you know, instead of Natalia Silva. Because if they fight, she fights Natalia Silva again, it's, it's not going to go well for her. That's for sure. 
How about this next one, man? We This was a really wild circumstance and just another brutal job by the third man in the octagon. Ronnie Lawrence gets guillotined, and he gets taken down pretty early on in this fight. And Dan Argetta was working some crazy grappling. He wound up getting, getting to mount, getting on top. Uh, they were fighting back and forth for a position to try and get this. For I mean, I think he... At one point, he was about to get his back, and it, it was just a wild uh, pace that Argetta was setting on him. And then he gets him in a mounted guillotine, and he's yanking on him, and Keith Peterson stops the fight. And I'm like, well, I, I, all right, I'm going to let you go before, because I, I have a good <laughs> two-minute, three-minute rant, and I'm about to go. <laughs> yeah, I don't, um, I don't know what he did. He just kind of fucked up. I think that's pretty much all you can say. He went to grab the hand. I guess he. I think when he went to grab the hand, at the same time he went to grab the hand, he he thought he saw a tap uh, because he moved it. Um, Ronnie Lawrence moved his hand. I, I don't know if he tech, like smacked or made contact with he his did, hand. With but his it kind of felt like it was because he was touching him. So he was probably yeah, like, I mean, "Who's touching me?" Yeah, he. Um, you know, if you're going to grab the I, one thing, Keith Peterson doesn't do. He didn't do it in the Sarukian fight, which I thought went on a little too long. And Dominic Cruz, as soon as the fight ended, was like, "Good job by the ref of letting that, of letting him, uh, you know, letting the fight go on." And I was like, "Dom, you don't have to be nice." He hit. He Joaquin Silva took a lot of a lot of extra shots at the end of that fight. Um, but Dom wanted to, you know, take the high road. I was kind of upset by, upset by that, but um, this, I just, yeah, I don't know. I think he just he just fucked up. One thing uh, I meant to say though was Keith Peterson does not. Ever, I don't ever hear him like talk to a fighter before he intervenes. He doesn't say, you know, defend yourself or or, or move or show me something. Or he, he didn't say anything to Ronnie Lawrence. He just grabbed his, grabbed hand. his hand and then stopped the fight. Yeah, and that was it. And I was like, well, you, you know, you have to be like, I, I don't know which ref does it. I think Mark Smith does a really good job. Um, who's the who's who's our guy? Herzog. He's the best. J- Jason Herzog does a good job of talking to you, right? Uh, show me your good. Thumbs up. Give me a. Or, or at yeah. least just grabbing your hand and wrist. Just grabbing something, and then when they like shake you off or react, step away. That's what they do really well. Keith Peterson doesn't really, you know, he doesn't verbalize. He doesn't say anything. He just says, "Fire ready, fire ready." That's it. Let's get out. <laughs> um, brutal night for Keith Peterson. No nonsense. He was all nonsense uh, that that evening. I can't believe though that he like uh, why was he in such a rush to get in there and stop that like I, I get he had the dominant position but you would have seen the man's arms go limp he like yeah I, he, he would have given you something unnatural other than having his hand in the air kind of just like ready to tap but not going to tap like let him tap man that's this is yeah, a part we'll of the, like, he wasn't getting pounded with shots like some guy was letting other people get uh, happen to them later on or you know later on during the night it this was a kind of easy one to do i didn't really think like i just don't understand this is like a one of a sports official or nba and like missing an easy one that's just right in front of you i can't believe keith peterson is not ass like we you know when he's on the list he's on the you know maybe top five really close to the top five of yeah he's up there some of the officials that you like seeing when you're watching these fights it was really disappointing to see this but uh you know i got screwed on the uh, money line i thought he was going to finish him within the next 30 seconds it was it was right there it was almost over and it just seems like we got absolutely hosed on this ronnie lawrence gets a, a, a fucking reprieve 
for yeah. you know, and he was in bad shape here. Uh, but good for him, and it's just I feel bad for Argetta. You know, that was going to be a big win for him. But yeah, he might have also got fifty k for that. He didn't get his win bonus. He didn't get a performance bonus. Yeah, nothing. Just, so all around, just garbage, really. But hopefully, he gets rebooked quickly. Maybe they just run it back. Honestly, um, you know, putting them on that Holly Home card would be kind of cool. So Take we need some something. random fight off. Take something off that fight fight card, maybe if you want. Uh, Ashley Evan Smith is on that card. Maybe you can just say, "Hey, we don't need you anymore." Um, Calling sick cool. that night, Ash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how about Modestus Bukaki? Oh, show uh, Modestus Bukaki not Bukaki. Sorry, I was about to say that, but no, that's not his name. That's not his name. It is Modestus Bukaskis actually, and that he the Baltic. He, Baltic Gladiator to you. The Baltic Gladiator, ladies and gentlemen. And Zach Paulga, a unanimous decision victory. Zach the Ripper, he is just not UFC level. I am sorry yeah. I ever gave out him against Muhammad Usman. Uh, he, <laughs> hey, he was winning that fight for, for what it's worth. For what it's worth. And I think Muhammad Usman is horrible, too. We've, we've discussed that on here. So Now, yeah, really not much to say here other than just a dominant uh, victory for Modestus. It really uh, – he didn't – really get close to finishing him either right i mean he kind of maybe he's doing some stuff on the feet but uh this this was another really kind of boring uh fight to start the card with yeah uh just you know another win at least for modestus uh um, he needed two it. in a row since since coming back to the ufc yeah he definitely needed it um it was a good one against tyson pedro when he beat him but just just not that convincing where he got outstruck by tyson pedro and he got outstruck by zach Pauga technically and I know that's it doesn't tell the whole story, but it's it's definitely not a trend you want to keep going with, right? Especially at two hundred five, you know, you, you get outstruck by some of these heavier hitters and guys who push the gas. Uh, you know, if you were to win another fight or two and he ran into Johnny Walker, like that might not end well for him, you know, or nope. just somebody else that hits hard. So uh, and he's still pretty young. Uh, he's trained by this really, really, really. Uh, I don't know how good he is or how heralded. He is of a prospect named Will Curry out of England. He's pretty good, though. I know he's like 10-2 and two or 10-3. and three. I just don't know uh, much more about his background. But he's pretty good camp. It uh, looks like he's made some improvements, just not that many. You know, not, not as many to carry him to maybe a ranking. But he's winning fights now. So that's uh, definitely a big change from his first tenure in the UFC. So shout-out to Mr. Bukaki. We lost a Miles Johns fight on this card. Yeah, wow. I felt good about Barcelos, but I was kind of nervous because, you know, he's getting old. He just got knocked at completely senseless when he fought Umar. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of felt nervous about having Barcelos in a parlay. but We also lost we'll a uh, Zamagulov fight, which uh, yeah, I got pushed, back to, got pushed back. Yeah, there was a Burns. Uh, Burns had a medical issue. Here. Yeah, bonus. But, uh, Jared Cannonier and Marvin Vittori get 50000 I think that's 100% deserved. <laughs> Manuel yeah, Torres, get, 50K, and Alessandro Costa gets 50K. Yeah, I mean, Marvin needs that that 50K for sure. So hopefully he can go back home, go to Italy, just chill on the Amalfi Coast for a while. I wish I could do that. Um, take some time off. And uh, oh, I hope he's doing okay today. I know he probably woke up the next morning in even more pain. I mean, he was, man, he was just taking right, right hand to the jaw over and over and over. Um, and Jared Kanier hits fucking hard, man. He was over swinging, like he was hitting him and just and losing his balance. So, what how are you about, gonna do? How about uh, we got another card in this upcoming weekend? We will have a full show on. We promise this week we will have a show. Iliad Zaporia, Josh Emmett. That's a big, 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 big one forty five fight and a consequential like one at that. 
Uh, we had some other stuff going this weekend. Though. We had some Bellator. Uh, Pipple takes an L to Sergio Pettis, and uh, Yo- Yoel Romero was in the main event, which I hope none of you out there sat around and watched that because that, uh, I'll just give you a, br- a quick breakdown. Yoel Romero is absolutely cooked. It was kind of sad to see him uh, in just getting I mean, yeah, he's like, what, he's disrepair. Yeah, he's just <laughs> he is just getting the shit beat out of him for the whole basically the whole big. I mean, and he was hurt in this fight, which you rarely see him hurt like that. And uh, he got Nemkov down a couple times, and he, I think he made him bleed at a certain point. But yeah, that's just going to have – it just – this is not the same Yoel Romero. Yoel Romero has notoriously been real hit or miss. Even in the fights where he was knocking people out, that, those shits were boring going up into that. It was, this was a boring yeah. fight. Yeah, he just poses a, you know, that explosive threat, and that's what you – know, he's just always in boring fights, like you said. Um, but yeah, Nemkov – did good. I, I I still don't know how to feel about Nemkov. Like he's good. I don't I don't know if he's great, right? No. Like, but I'm he's definitely you. the best over there at, at light heavyweight. I mean, who who's ranked number one? Corey Anderson. After Nemkov, the top the top five is Corey Anderson, Phil Davis, Yoel Romero, Grant Neal, the brother of Jeff, and Alex Polizzi, who got a blit- uh, beat on the post limbs. Yeah. So their their number five light heavyweight is losing decisions on the post limbs. Meanwhile. Corey Anderson's telling Jamal Hill that the UFC light heavyweights can't touch the belt or light heavyweights. You have a post. We don't even know what post limbs are in the UFC. You know what I mean? So, um, and also Corey Anderson won a split over um, Phil Davis on that card that I didn't really see that fight, but I saw some people saying it could have went either way. Um, Corey Anderson, if he fought Jamal Hill, what do you think would happen? Jamal Hill puts him to sleep. Yeah. He was just telling him, yeah, I beat Glover Teixeira. I'd be Glover to share. I'd be Glover to share. Yeah, but my man, Jimmy Manoa sent you to hell. Like, yeah. Gian Volante put you out cold. So, like, I don't know if you're really, <laughs> I don't know if you're really in the business. Jamal Hill said the best. You're not on my level. I would, uh, I forget what he said. I would beat you up, I think. I would knock you the fuck. He, he was talking some, some good shit. Jamal Hill is not the person to talk shit to, I think, in my opinion. But what do I know? Nemkov wasn't on the brink of death against uh, Corey Anderson. During that, uh, that is true. Yes, that, that clash of heads, no contest was a little lucky. Uh, honestly, if you go back and watch that fight, he was in bad shape. He was getting hurt on the feet. He was getting wrestled. It was, it was rough. It was a rough showing. But then he came back and dominated them in the uh, second fight. I think, right? If I'm not mistaken, I don't think he. I don't yeah, think he finished yeah. them, but he was just in control the entire time. Yeah. So but you know, you got guys like Yuri and Jamal Hill and Hank Eliyev. I mean, come on. You know what are we doing? I like the uh, some of the Bellator champions. I make sure I tune in whenever. I miss the Pitbull fight though. I'm not gonna. I'm, I won't lie to you out there. Uh, he, apparently, he was getting outboxed. Yeah, uh, he, he got hit with a spinning, spinning uh, scissor kick, spinning, uh, spinning heel kick that really rocked him. I think really honestly, man, he just looked he looked drained. Like his movement, uh, the sting behind it. He was just he, he couldn't figure anything out. He looked like he was like a young fighter. And remember, Sergio Pettis has been off for like two years. So, like, it just was a really, honestly, it was a really good performance by Sergio Pettis and a really bad performance by Sir, uh, Patricio Pitbull. Yeah. He should probably just focus on 145. I mean, this was a guy who was talking about moving down to 125. I mean, Jesus, good, good Lord, give me a break. Like, you know, you're not at the age to be doing any of that. So, hopefully, he's learned his lesson, moves back up to 140 or 150 or whatever he wants to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, Sergio Pettis. One of his career, honestly, uh, somebody who just keeps getting better. I do admire Pitbull's ability to just uh, 
like there's no challenge that he won't take on pretty much like he'll fight anyone anytime anywhere yeah. he'll fight AJ McKee he'll fight him at 55 he'll fight him here he'll, he'll go to Japan like it's there's really nothing off limits for that guy so you got to give him credit uh, PFL I know you were locked in on this weekend uh would the, would you see that you see anything worthy of discussion uh yeah Jorga de Castro got uh sent to hell so, in like well, 10 seconds I mean that's um Denise Dennis Goltsov Aspen Ladd pulled out a nice little arm bar um against some like four and one chick <laughs> Mr. Biagio Ali Walsh won in a nice amateur bout which I didn't even know it was just plastered in the middle of the card as an amateur fight um, Larissa Pacheco beat the absolute breaks off of Amanda Lebrock, Lebrock, uh, whoever that, whoever that lady may be. Um, Danilo, Mar- Danilo Marquez got smoked. Um, I think that's about it. There isn't, there is a PFL six coming up. They Was gave thir- uh, Marlon Rice the week off, right? Yeah. <laughs> He won't be back. Shane Burgess like is coming back. I see him out there, he's just getting fucking smoked, man. It's not fair. <laughs> Shane Burgers is trying to avenge his loss, bless you, Thank you this sorry. week. David Zawada, your boy from the UFC, has taken on Magomed, Magomed Karamov. Stevie Ray, Clay Collard. Wow, um, Cassius. Solomon Renfro, he fought Mike Malott and Adam Fugit. He's getting a chance here on PFL. I think that's pretty good. Pretty good look for him. I mean, he fought a couple of UFC caliber guys and got smoked. So why not go to PFL, try to win some money over there? Um, but yeah, I mean, the PFL is just, you know, they're really, uh, they made this big announcement. They made this big signing and, you know, they're really just, all their guys are getting suspended. Um, you were going to Castro got sent to the fucking shadow realm. I'm sorry to interrupt, he, but I just he saw didn't that do, video of that. That was <laughs> fucking brutal. Yeah, he timbered. He timbered for sure. Whew. That was uh, pretty scary. So. Yeah, uh, I think he also trains with John Jones. So John Jones fought, trained fighters O and two on the night. Speaking of um, John Maurice, Jones, uh, Maurice Green. What did you make of them doing that stupid stare off with uh, him and Francis? Um, you know, it was kind of it was a little playful. It was kind of cool. They were sizing each other up. He was like, you know, grabbing John's fat belly, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, what what did Francis say? Francis said something that was kind of like clever, but I fucking forget. Um, it was just a little bit of nothing. I, you know, it's kind of interesting seeing John in the PFL gear, which I, you know, if you're in the corner, you have to. So I kind of get that. Plus, they're on ESPN, uh, and he had an interview with with I think uh, Brett Okamoto backstage. Well, um, I mean, it, that, since it's the same viewing, uh, like right all on ESPN, I guess it makes sense, you know. Yeah. But it, it it creates a it creates a little bit of um, you know, WWE back backstory drama that. You know, isn't fake, but you don't know what it is, or you don't even know what's going on. It's kind of interesting, you know, to see somebody where, like, when Khabib was in the Bellator gear, that was kind of interesting to see. It's like, oh, he's leaving Raw for SmackDown, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> just, just on a real, uh, a more realistic uh, level. Uh, it was interesting to see him and and Francis. Uh, it's still fun. I mean, listen, if they want to make it, it's something they can make. It's something they could do. I, obviously, the UFC has never co co promoted. But I don't see why you couldn't co-promote with the PFL when you guys are both on ESPN. You guys yeah. both have a huge deal with ESPN. Uh, also, have you ever put ESPN on? I, I don't really watch it as much. But have you ever put ESPN on and seen like a uh, an ad or anything run for PFL? Like, have you seen any kind of Rarely. PFL showing on ES, like a commercial or you know the anchors uh, a segment of TV? Like, I never do. 
<laughs> it comes on and then it goes off, and that's about it. They so. give them that little uh, lower third sort of thing, corner of the screen uh, graphic. Yeah, that yeah. They're like, hey, the uh, smart this cage. guy's fighting this guy. And I'm like, what was the main event this past weekend? Do we know? Right? And what? The PFL? PFL. Oh, it was um, Maurice Green lost to uh, anti Delisia. So I think I did see that, and I was like, no one that's. <laughs> I watch MMA, I am not tuning in to, to that. Live, like if there was some other stuff that I needed to say, I'd go back and say it. But they're not getting me to watch Maurice Green. I'm not waiting my whole night to watch Maurice Green get in there. It's not, not something I really need to. Yeah, see. and he lost, like you, like you know, like you would have figured he did. He's somebody who said I could fight uh, Francis. I would love to see that. But um, yeah, we have some uh, Aries FC coming up this week uh, on Friday on Fight Pass at 1 p.m. It's kind of interesting. I might actually tune into that. Efrain Escudero is fighting in the main event. Mr. Efrain Escudero, Hecho and Mexico is his nickname. He's 37. Uh, he trains at MMA Lab, which is pretty cool. But, uh, man, he fought in the UFC, man. When did he make his debut? In, like, 2010? Yeah, 2012. And he was in Bellator in 2011. So, uh, oh, he was in the UFC before that in 08. So that's kind of concerning. Um, in the co-main event. Concerning. In the Kome event, Geraldo de Fritas, do you remember him? Oh, yeah. He's fighting the little brother of Nasardin Imavov, Dagir Imavov. Uh, they're at 145. He is 14-3-1. His nickname is Specknaz. Not Spetsnaz, but Specknaz. I don't know what that means, but it's kind of terrifying. Nonetheless, uh, Mr. Dagir Imavov seems to not be nearly as good as his brother, so... We'll see. Maybe he wins a fight. Maybe he wins this weekend. We sign in the UFC. I'm all. I'm all about it. Can't wait to see Johnny Walker's brother in the, uh, in the <laughs> UFC. That or guy. <laughs> I actually um, have you. What's his what's his uh, what's his name? Uh, I think it's like Volton or some shit. What about like that? what's his name? His brother or not his brother? His his lookalike uh, Chmaev. Oh Ch- yeah, the guy's that name guy's fucking Hamza Maev or something like that. <laughs> and it is the same. The same nickname, Boars. That's uh, Walter Walker. That's yeah, the name. Oh, that's a pretty. Jesus that's Christ. a terrifying name. His nickname is <laughs> the Clean Monster. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> dude, he is. Oh my god, he's a big boy. He's only twenty-five. He's eleven and zero, dude. He is huge. He's eleven and zero. A bunch of knockouts, right? Oh shit, he's wait. He's fighting Jake Collier. Yep. Wow. He's putting Jay Collier out, out cold. He has to, right? Jay Collier masterclass inbound. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. I know no, Jay Collier's going on kind of a bit of a heater, right? He's lost three in a row. Okay, um, we know why they made this. Maybe fight. he gets back with this one, right? He's he's got to win one. <laughs> Listen, man, Volter. I already know. <laughs> yeah, it's not. There's a reason be, for this fight to be made. <laughs> it's not going to be good down the road. I'll just say that. He's got one, two, three, four consecutive knockout victories. His last win was against Alex Nicholson, who you will all know as the Spartan, Mike Perry's uh, former friend, who has gotten tested positive for this or that at multiple times during his yep. career. Yeah, yeah, before Ryan Spann. I'm going to need to see more from Volter before I uh, believe in him. He's says he's from Russia. Yeah. <laughs> How, what the clean monster is pretty terrifying. I'm kind is of, I'm he actually in. his brother, or is that bullshit? Yeah, no, that's his brother. That's his brother. That what? What? Oh, he's fighting out of Moscow. Oh my god! 
Yeah, he's he's the same size. He's uh, training at Gore MMA in in, in, Mos- in Moscow. Uh, I don't know who he's. Oh, he's tra- training with Dim- Dmitry Sanofsky. Heard of him? Um, Mark Meltzer also. I don't think I've heard of him. Uh, he seems pretty terrifying. I'm all in on Walter Walker though. <clears throat> I don't know about you. No. <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, but in this fight, yeah. But maybe not though. I'll have to see. Uh, I'm not locked in yet. That's uh, uh, whatever. All right, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Shoulder strikes, MMA podcast. Uh, really, not much uh, news to be discussed. But I don't want to waste the people's time here at 56 yeah. minutes getting into Bigfoot unretired. Yeah, yeah, he run retired. Cheeto Vera <laughs> is fighting uh, Henry Cejudo, which is a good fight. I like that. San Hagen Umar, I like that. Yeah. Uh, did Sanhagen. you see that? Did you see that Canelo wanted to fight Badu Jack at cruiserweight? But at 180, <laughs> yeah. Like, so not cruiserweight at all. <laughs> yeah, come on, Canelo. What? Who's Canelo no boxing news when we do? Um, I don't know. I think it, it might. It's starting to look like. Um, fuck. Who is it? I just. Um, damn. I just. Um, was it Charlo? There was a there was a name that I heard that. That I was kind of interested interested with. I thought it might have been Charlo because I know David Benavides wants to fight David Morrell, which is going to be an absolute banger. Um, Canelo and Jamal Charlo is now expected to happen as a defense of Canelo's WBA, WBC, IBF, and WBO, according to ESPN Mexico. So we'll see. That was reported five days ago. I would love Canelo and Jamal Charlo would be a banger. I. Canelo's getting to a point in his career where I think, you know, there's going to be a time where he gets hit hard and gets knocked out, you know? I know he's still young, but, dude, he's got like 60 fights. Um, so, Jamal Charles would be a big fight. That would be a huge fight. I think Canelo would be a big favorite, but maybe not, man. Jamal is Jamal is, is, is legit, man. So, and if that were to happen next, I'd be all for it. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Shoulder Strikes MMA Podcast. We will have a breakdown episode later on this week to discuss everything you need to know about this, this card coming up this weekend. Maybe we'll even make you some money. I'm starting to believe in myself again. The more Uh-oh. time goes on. Got my swag back. Yeah. I, I'm starting to feel it again, ladies and gentlemen. A huge week for the Shoulder Strikes boys. We will be back next week. Thank you for listening. War to Poria. <laughs>